just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. This show, we bring in Ed, always a uh, breath of fresh air, a little sunshine into the Rational Boomer Podcast. Folks, a little really, craziness. <laughs> a little, I don't know about crazy, but there's a lot of people out there that ask about you and like you, and, and, and that surprises me as much as anyone. But Well, me too. <laughs> since they like you, I'm glad to have you here and also to offer some different perspective. I just wanted to tell you a quick story, and most of the people listening to the podcast know the whole deal, but I want to bring you up to speed. I think I told you a day or two ago, whenever we last talked, that I was going to have yet another Trumplefuck on the show. Yeah, yeah, you you mentioned that, and uh, I was getting ready to listen to him, but and uh, some got in my way, but I will go back and do it. Well, you may or may not want to do that. I mean, you know Brian, the first guy I talked to. You and I knew him very well before we did that conversation, so neither one of us were surprised. No. Now, what had happened is I was doing a live on TikTok, and, of course, you get the trolls coming in, and I put it out there for him. I said, listen, man, I'm not going to argue with you on TikTok because you're just going to go whining to daddy TikTok and have me taken down. But if you have the courage, come to my podcast. Nobody's going to take us down. I'll let you talk. I fucking dare you. Well, I got one guy to do it, and he showed up. And he, you know, he's, he did all the things that the Trumplefucks do. I'm so smart. I know this and I'm sure of this. Oh, by the way, I'm blind and I'm broke too. You got to throw that victim, victimization mm-hmm. part of it in there. So he shows up on the show and I'm kind of excited about it because he's older, a little more articulate than Brian. I'm thinking, okay, here will be a good fight. Nope. Same thing as Brian. He comes up with shit out of his ass. I ask for proof. He can't come up with it. And instead of letting him slide like mainstream media does, I fucking hammer him in the corner. He goes, well, let's talk about something different. I go, no, let's talk about the answer that you're supposed to give me. And I kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. But when it was all said and done, it was very unsatisfying. Yeah. And, and and the people who listen to the podcast, there's been kind of a mixed response. Some people couldn't listen to the whole show. Some people loved it. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it's frustrating. And I get that because I can't watch Fox or OAN or Newsmax. I can't watch them lie and talk shit and sit there and, 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 and just keep doing that. So I think a lot of people felt that way with, with the podcast. And I felt that way with that podcast. I was, instead of being happy that I got to kick a Trump, Trumplican's ass, it was just more of the same bullshit. And it was pretty pitiful for him. And, uh, it had to be embarrassing for him. In fact, at one point in the show, he said to me, well, I, uh, I guess I, <laughs> I, I, I misguessed on me being able to be avoid, avoided to being humiliated. I said, dude, I'm not trying to humiliate you. I'm just trying to get you to fucking tell us what you think. And I have yet to get there yet. So anyway, we did that. We did that. And I was trying to think to myself, why the fuck? Are, why does this whole show bum you out? Why do you have this weird feeling? And some people might say, well, you felt bad about kicking this guy's ass. No, 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 I don't feel bad about that. I'm happy as fuck. What I realized that frustrates me and upsets me about this is 
If you had somebody like the two people I talk to in your life, in your family, you would disregard them. If you had people like this who had this behavior in your business, they would either get fired and they certainly wouldn't be part of leadership. Yet for six years, these same motherfuckers that we wouldn't stand close to in any other situation had power in this country. I guess yeah. that's what's upsetting to me. Yeah, there it's that. And also, I think when you were talking there, that reminded me of when I first started listening to Rush Limbaugh. Right. I was driving, a, uh, I was doing radio in the morning and to make ends meet, I was driving a courier truck in the afternoon into the evening. So I listened to Rush for three hours a day because it came on just as I was starting my shift, you know. And the first time I heard him, I thought, geez, somebody's going to listen to this crap. This guy's full of shit. But, you know, and that's what really pissed me off was as I kept listening, there was more and more of these people, just like the guy you talked to probably, who were taken in by this bullshit. They don't have the critical thinking skills to process it. They just, because this guy is blusterous and sure of himself, they go, wow, he must know. So I'm going to internalize this. But they don't internalize the whole thing. They just get a little bit of it. So if they come back and they try to explain it, they can't because they don't know the underpinning of it. Because in most cases, there isn't any. Well, and the thing is, is that what upsets me is we as a country and we as a people have given them way too much credit, giving them way too much power. And part of that is because the media has legitimized them much the same way they legitimized Donald Trump. Donald Trump should have never been a serious candidate for the presidency, if not for the left side media, making him a little shit show star. And they do the same thing to the people that follow him. They give them credit. I mean, when Donald Trump went over to talk to Kim Jong-un in North Korea, he says, I'm the only one to do that. You know why he was the only one to do that? Because no <laughs> president wanted to give him the power of giving him the attention because they thought it would be a bad thing. Turns out it was a bad thing. Once again, Donald Trump fucks up. I mean, it's kind of on us allowing these people to have power when we wouldn't talk to them if they were in our families and we get them fired or put them off in some corner if they work for us. But with regards to politics, they've got a certain amount of power and a certain amount of credibility. That's where we fucked up. That's where the media has fucked up. Well, you're dead on, Mike, and I'm glad you used that example because, as I may have mentioned before, without going into it too deep, I used to be in military intelligence and intelligence gathering on North Korea. And I, I spent some time there, and as, as part of the support materials we got, we got the, all of these North Korean magazines. Part of it was so that we could keep up with the North Korean spin on the Korean language. Right. Because the two have been separated for so long. It's kind of like a North-South thing here. Where right. If you take somebody from Georgia and somebody from Queens, if you put them in the same room, their chances of communicating effectively are well, you know, they're reduced. <laughs> Let's put it that way, because they don't have the same idioms and so forth, right? Uh-huh. So that's we were supposed to read these stories and so forth. Then something I noticed that the, the photographs were always these foreign leaders coming to visit and uh, give obedient, uh, obeisance or whatever to uh, uh, this would have been the current Kim's father, right? right. Um, 
but they were always from Africa or the Middle East or in a couple of cases, South America. They were, they were always these, these fringe leaders and so forth coming to learn from him. Uh, the North Koreans then and now, I believe, still too, had what they called the juice idea, which means uh, self-reliance. In other words, if we can't make it, we don't have it. Right. 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 But, but, you know, and uh, so they were uh, they were coming to learn from him about this. Mostly it was garbage. You know, I mean, a lot of the photos were faked uh, crudely. So but uh, it was the idea that any time they got attention from a foreigner, it built up his image in the eyes of his people. Right. So right. People are coming Trump to bow went, to me. Yeah. When Trump went to visit him. That was the biggest gift anybody ever gave Kim Jong-un in the eyes of his own countrymen. Uh, this, this, this foreign leader, one of the big, I mean, between Trump and Putin, who's bigger, right? It's right. one of those two. And um, so if, if Trump shows up, treats him as an equal, for God's sake, this petty dictator treats him as an equal, no, you don't do that. And I cannot believe the State Department let him get away with it. Yeah, they didn't scream. I mean, let's be honest. North Korea is a shitty little country. And that's yeah. not to say that the people of North Korea are shitty. It's because of the rule of Kim Jong-un that this country is shitty and poor and fucked up. And he's just a chubby little, little Debbie-eating motherfucker that happens to have this platform where he can spew shit and he doesn't even have nuclear weapons yet that we know of maybe he does have some smaller ones he doesn't have the capability but he keeps rattling the saber so that gives him attention and that's the whole reason he does that for all intents and purposes he's not an important guy and it's not an important country save for this ranting and raving about weapons what they should do is just shut the motherfucker up and take him out of the narrative because he's just fucking noise well, exactly. I mean, he's, he has the capability to shoot off rockets, but, you know, there's nothing in them. There, I doubt very seriously that China and Russia would let him get nuclear material. I, no. I really don't, because they don't trust people like that. One day you're, they're your friend, the next day they're not, right? right? You know, so um, they prop him up and so forth. But living in North Korea is just this side of hell. Uh, it's, it's awful. The people are starving most of the time. Many of them actually starve to death. If one person, uh, somehow or other crosses a line, the whole family, uh, extended family is thrown into, uh, prison, uh, you know, where they have to work for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's, it's a life sentence, the whole family. Absolutely. I mean, this kind of shit happens, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a theory I want to bounce off of you. Then we'll get into other things. But I have a theory to bounce off of you and see what you think. Have you, you, you've been seeing these videos and such of the Daryl Brooks trial in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Have you seen those? Um, not really. I haven't followed it. I'm not sure it's what it's about. Maybe I don't, just don't know the name. Well, Daryl Brooks is a guy, a Cretan motherfucker, that drove an SUV through oh, yeah, a the Christmas, Christmas parade. parade. Yeah, right. okay. about, about a year ago in Waukesha, Wisconsin, killed six people, injured tons of other people, and he went to court. Of course, he was arrested, and he went to court. But the interesting thing I found, if you saw any of the video, and if you haven't, you need to just check it out. It was agonizing to watch because he decided 
he decided that he was going to represent himself, proving that old adage that someone who represents <laughs> themselves has a fool for a client, because he always was without question a fool. And he was spouting conspiracy theories like sovereign citizenship, and he doesn't recognize the court, and the country's not the country, it's a corporate, all this shit, okay? And then through the whole thing, he doesn't really know what he's doing, but he's asking question, being indignant, being an asshole delaying this thing and the judge has got the patience of a saint she doesn't want to get him for contempt of court they just want to get through this thing because they know he's absolutely guilty they have eyewitnesses she doesn't want to give him anything that he can bring up on appeal so she right. let him get away with a lot and it went on and on and on and as i'm watching this case i'm seeing what he's doing he's diverting distracting delaying spewing conspiracy theories which seems identical to what the Trump LaFucks have been doing for six exactly. years. So he stole their strategy and he's using it in hope against hope that he'd be able to run out the clock, which is not possible, and somehow squeeze through the cracks on a technicality. So as I'm watching this, I'm going, this is fucking annoying. But you know what? Maybe this is a micro, micro, microcosm of the Trump LaFucks. Maybe this will give us, this is like a small test case to tell us what's going to happen to the Trumplifox. You know, over time, you can only delay so long. Eventually, you got to pay the piper. So I'm saying, okay, if this is truly a microcosm, let's see what happens in this trial, because the trial will be over soon. Well, the trial is over. The jury was out for less than 24 hours. They found him guilty of first-degree murder. So this little motherfucker's efforts go ineffective he's going away for fucking ever and if we can hope that that's kind of a microcosm because he's using the same strategies that the trumplifox have maybe it takes us a little longer but maybe that's how it all ends up maybe that is a sign of things to come well we could see that play out down in georgia i don't know if you've heard the latest about what they they found out about what his lawyers did in order to get judge cannon they actually dispatch someone physically to go and file, which is never done. It's all done electronically now. Right. But they actually sent someone to physically file in that court. Right. And they had to play it just right because the, the court, they are assigned randomly. But if you, it's, it's like uh, counting cards. If you if you look for a, a day or two, you can figure out what the rhythm is, and you file at just the right time, you get the judge you want. Right. And that's what they did. Now, judge shopping, I believe, is illegal. I so if they, is. Can, if they can prove that, which really looks like they have a good chance of doing, the whole special master and all of that stuff may just go by the wayside, and we just get right into the trial. That would be terrific. That would be terrific. But you know what? They've already got absolute proof that Donald Trump stole documents and disseminated documents. Right. You've heard, you've heard about this new book with Bob Woodward where yeah. he's releasing all the audio files from the 20 interviews he did with Donald Trump. Yeah, well, I was just listening to him this morning, as a matter of fact. Right. Well, at least in one occasion in this situation, Bob Woodward is talking about talking to him in the audio tape and he's talking about the uh, letters from Kim Jong-un mm -hmm. now Bob Woodward pushed him and said yeah I'd love to see him and, and and Donald said well I don't know and of course Donald says okay I'll let you see him he not only let him see him but he made copies of them and handed it to him 
And then Bob Woodward was able to show other publishers and that sort of thing, this thing. So Donald Trump took these letters, copied them, gave them to Bob Woodward. And this is all confessed to on audio tape. Now, Bob Woodward said that, that these were weird kind of fond love letters like Donald Trump described them. Yeah. And and they were pretty much unsubstantive, meaning there wasn't anything technical in it. But they were still top secret. And they were still not allowed to be copied and disseminated. So we know for a fact now, black and white, Donald Trump took documents, made copies of documents, gave those documents to Bob Woodward, who is a who is a journalist and an author. That right there is a fucking break in the law. That is an indictment. That is a conviction. Right. And we also have the fellow who moved the documents, Mm-hmm. Uh, who was uncooperative the first time they interviewed him. They're interviewing him again now with proof that he was the one who moved the documents. And we may find if if he says Trump told me to move them, that again is, is another law. That is another uh, click in the case because it proves that he was trying to hide them, which well, uh, obviously th- speaks to his guilt. I'm thinking this guy's getting going to be a little more cooperative once they once they've said we've seen you move them and we have video that you move them you're going down unless you can explain this and the only explanation could be it would be that donald trump told him to do it that's the that's the way his lawyer who signed the document said there's no top secret documents that's how she's getting out of being prosecuted she said well donald trump lied to me they're all gonna fucking bail on his ass yep exactly you know, but still, that to me, that shouldn't get her off because she would have needed proof. You know, I mean, uh, uh, just taking the word of your client doesn't—I wouldn't think—give you a carte blanche. You know, to, no. to 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 avoid charges if you lie, if you if you make a statement of truth that you don't know, that's still a lie, right? Well, I don't think she, because Donald Trump told her this. I don't think that gives her carte blanche. What in fact it does, it gives the DOJ leverage. Yeah. Okay. Look, lady, you're going fucking down unless you can give us something of value. So now she has to give up Donald Trump because that's the only thing that's going to keep her out of fucking jail. Well, I was busy this morning, but I thought I saw something where they have said that Mark Meadows has to testify now. That, right. Uh, that he has exhausted his... Uh, I guess unless he goes to the Supreme Court. Which he very probably will. I mean, we know Lindsey Graham went to the Supreme Court. And then, of course, Clarence Thomas says, yeah, we'll put it on a hold till we can get this thing figured out. That doesn't mean forever. But, but, you know, Mark Meadows is going to do the same thing. The, The interesting thing about that, you and I have talked about this before, and I think we both agree, that Mark Meadows went dark, went quiet for a long time after he turned in his stuff and he didn't get indicted by the DOJ for not cooperating or not complying with the with the uh, subpoena. And we kind of felt like he was already cooperating. Yeah. So now Georgia wants him to testify, and now he doesn't want to cooperate there. Is that because the DOJ is telling him, no, just focus on our shit? Or is he doing that because it's too above the fray and Donald Trump will know and he's still trying to hide it from Donald Trump. He Donald Trump doesn't know if he's threw him under the bus with the DOJ as yet. 
And maybe that was the criteria for him throwing him under the bus. We don't know. My guess would be that perhaps early on he was given some sort of immunity, either by DOJ or by by someone. Uh, uh, Well, we'll say by someone in DOJ said, look, cooperate, uh, you walk. You know, right. or you you get a very minor sentence, something, you know, home confinement, whatever. But uh, we'll take care of you if you agree to give us what we need. And he came up with all of those text messages implicating right. everybody from uh, uh, Paul Clarence Thomas's wife to to all these other people. Right now in Georgia, he doesn't have that immunity. No, he doesn't have state immunity. Right. So uh, unless he's been able to. Unless he's able to negotiate that down there, then he's very liable for it there. I mean, they could hit him with the same kind of charges, right? Collusion or whatever. You're absolutely right. He he may have immunity on a federal level. He does not on a state level. And I just I don't know Fonnie Willis. I've just seen how she's done things. If he goes to Fonnie Willis and says, I'll, I'll, I'll testify if you give me immunity, I have a feeling Fonnie Willis is going to say, fuck yourself. Yeah. You take it to the Supreme Court, you lose, then you come down here and testify because you're a fucking criminal, too. He actually went down to Georgia, not just a phone call. He went to Georgia to talk to people. So he is, you know, we've we've heard about targets. And and Fonnie Willis has said that Rudy Giuliani is a target because he testified, right? right? And they usually only say they're a target just prior to them testifying. Right. So they can get ready and decide how they want to answer. I would not at all be surprised. Of course, Donald Trump's got to be a target for yeah. uh, for Georgia. Um, Mark Meadows has got to be a target. He was the closest guy to Donald Trump. He was a middleman between the members of Congress and Donald Trump. And uh, Lindsey Graham made two fucking phone calls. He's got to be a target. They all have to be targets in this situation. Yeah, I, I can't believe that ultimately the Supreme Court will not just void that uh, that stay um, on uh, Lindsey because Lindsey was so far outside his regular duties, which is what he's claiming. Right. Part of my duties as a senator to call and do this bullshit, you know, but uh, and, and it's it's just obvious bullshit. It's transparent bullshit. And Meadows is, has been claiming some sort of attorney-client privilege and that kind of stuff. That has nothing to do with his going to Georgia right. uh, to talk to people. That's an action that they can certainly take advantage of. Um, ultimately, I think both cases are looking pretty good. I think they may get him in Georgia. I think there's going to be repercussions from what's going on in New York right now. And um, then we've got, uh, I've heard this is true. I heard it only one source, and I didn't double check it, the the rape thing, right? Yeah. That, you know, he, he uh, uh, number one, he's already uh, gone out and uh, done exactly the same thing again, <laughs> <laughs> which is to uh, uh, you know, libel her in public. But also, he would never give a DNA sample, which to me automatically proves he was guilty because a DNA sample would have cleared him if he wasn't guilty. I mean, who refuses to give a DNA sample that will clear you? No one. However, his uh, um, relative, Mary Trump, has agreed to give a sample. Right, right. Well, you know, that's that's the whole thing is, you know – 
when he was putting together a defense against E. Jean Carroll, this rape case, which is also right. actually uh, defamation of character. Now, yeah. His defense, he said, well, I said that while I was president. So everything I said while as president is privileged or whatever the fuck. And yeah. this dumb motherfucker <laughs> then goes and retweets it and throws away the one main defense he has. Like I say, yeah. just give Donald Trump half a second and he will fuck it up. So he's lost that case. He's going to lose that case for a lot of money. Whether she gets a lot of money or not, who the fuck knows? Because who knows how much he's going to have left. But that DNA is interesting. It's interesting that E. Jean Carroll, after 30 years, has the proverbial little blue dress, a la yes. Monica Lewinsky. It would be interesting. And it would just be another thing to pile on the heap that's laying on top of Donald Trump after this is all said and done to bury this motherfucker. He's not going to get through that one. He's already fucked that up beyond repair. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and let's bring this full circle back to your uh, your friend who came on thinking he was going to uh, uh, not be humiliated and, <laughs> and, and wound up, of course, being humiliated because he has no ammunition. They think they understand what these people are telling them. They they believe in that person. It's a cult thing, just like it was with Rush Limbaugh, um, who is... Uh, I don't like speak ill of the dead, so I won't. Oh, I He's will. dead. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Rush, what, what I always told people, when I first heard Rush Limbaugh on the air, I was kind of intrigued by him because it was a different time. There wasn't as much divisiveness between Republicans and Democrats. There was, but not like we're seeing now. And as a young guy in radio, I was kind of intrigued that this guy just said, fuck it, I'm going to start my own thing, and he became successful at it. So I respected him for being able to do that. I listened to him because he was kind of bombastic, and then I would get people saying to me, Oh, Rush said this. I believe Rush. And I'd have to say to them uh, what I know and what you know. You have to understand this is a fucking show. Yeah. It's not real. It's not even necessarily what he believes or knows intellectually. It is a fucking show. You're watching WWE wrestling. You can't possibly believe that Roman Reigns did a power slam onto the cement. <laughs> Any more than you can believe anything Rush Limbaugh, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, or any of these motherfuckers, Shay. They're putting on a show so they can get your money. Exactly. And and uh, they don't, but they know, if you notice with Rush, and the first thing I noticed about him was that he never had guests. No. And if he, and if he allowed someone in, uh, he had probably the best call screener in the business. Yep. Uh, he, he called him snurdly, right? But uh, he was actually a black guy. And uh, he, he was a master at this. He made Rush because he would only let on people who would support Rush or who were so ill-prepared that Rush could slap him aside like a gnat. Right. Uh, and he rarely ever missed with it. So uh, yeah, everything he did reinforced that Rush was this this mighty intellect. When, as you say, he was nothing but a wrestler. He was just like one of those WWE guys who fakes the pile drive. You know, it's uh, it's. Um, well, look at me here. I, I've convinced people that I'm a rational boomer with some coherent thoughts. If you talk to my kids, they go, "Oh, he's a fucking dumb fuck." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, my wife would tell you the same thing. Yeah, no, yeah. no, she she will, however, every now and then come down on me about something if I go off go off half cocked without thinking something through. <laughs> she has a very incisive uh, uh, intellect when it comes that way. When it comes to letting the air out of my balloon, trust me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, it, it, but but we we. We've heard about this thing with Mark Meadows, and Mark Meadows is probably going to have to testify. Um, but people are always doing the same things. When is this going to happen? It's never going to happen. Right now, I'm convinced more than ever that nothing really of any substance, including in Georgia, because Fonnie Willis said as much, nothing is going to happen till after the midterms. After no. the midterms, the shit's going to fly. There will be indictments. There will be exposure. Because everybody's afraid that they're going to be accused of trying to influence the election. Merrick Garland is a stickler about that. Fonnie Willis said we're putting things on hold till after the election. They don't want them to be able to come back with anything to piss on their parade. So they're being very cautious up to the election. And we're two weeks out. Why the fuck not at this point? Yeah, and you know, lots of lots of people on the on the left are pissed off about it because you know here was uh, James Comey who two weeks before the election says there's new evidence in the Hillary Clinton case, right, and probably caused her the election, almost surely did, single handedly. Yeah, and uh, um, and so to now now say, well, we can't do this before an election seems to be like a. Um, a, a totally uh, uh, caving in to the right kind of thing, which which does bother me, but it's the way it should be done. Okay, yeah, yeah. Th that's the thing. And sometimes we just have to do what should be done rather than caving and doing it the way the bad guys do. Right, right. That's true. Uh, and another example of that is the appointing of the Supreme Court justices. Of course, right. Uh, Obama wanted to appoint Merrick Garland. And, of course, the Republicans, um, you know, sandbagged him and didn't get him an, an interview or anything like that. And then when they were just a short time, they broke the rule. They went against the rule and they shoved their appointment down our throats. The, prob the problem I have here is, it, you know, there is what's right and what's wrong. And it's OK if you do what's right. That's fine. But you got to be strong enough to make sure the other side doesn't get to walk all over you and cheat you and do what's wrong. That should not be allowed. And that means the Democrats have to be a little stronger in shutting those fuckers down because they keep doing it and have done it for decades. The time has to come when Democrats are strong, slap them in the mouth and say, sit the fuck down. You're not doing this shit anymore. Uh, absolutely. And I, I'm not going to come down on Obama too much because he was in a balancing act that no president has ever had to do before. Oh, no Being question. The, the first black man in a position of that sort, uh, he, he was like Jackie Robinson. He had to take a lot uh, rather than just, just fighting because if he had, it would have totally destroyed his presidency. So I, I give him credit to a degree that he was able to, to hold back. But I, I do fault the Democratic leadership. I, halt the, I fault the Supreme Court. Okay. I, I fault everyone who let Mitch McConnell get away with not giving Merrick Garland a hearing. I mean, uh, we talk about the norms, right? People talk about how Trump violated all the norms, right? Well, Mitch right. McConnell showed him how to do it. That Absolutely. was the most unconscionable action that any 
uh, a politician has ever done. I mean, there was a vacancy. It should have been filled. It was uh, Obama's uh, purview to do that. And it's the luck of the draw, people. It just so happens that we get uh, get that. And then he comes back and then rushes Comey Barrett through yeah. barely a couple of weeks before an election. And uh, that's just just insane that he was able to get away with that. We should have filled the streets, I thought myself. Well, we well, should have been in the streets demanding that they get that. Supreme Court justice, but we were lulled into this belief that Roe v. Wade was settled law. Uh, yeah. I thought about that coming up in a minute, but I want—I know you got something to say. Well, no, no, I, I, I can go off of that too. I, I think the important thing: a lot of times people look at uh, Donald Trump as the evil genius. He's not an evil genius. No. He's a pliable stooge, and the evil people know he was a malleable stooge and they could make him do whatever they can so they patted on him on the back said he's a genius and said do this do this do you think he knew who amy coney barrett was before he no. appointed her no nor, nor know, neil gorsuch none of these he, he didn't know who the fuck they were no. he was told who to do and then he acted like this is my guy that's my gal he's a fucking idiot and what happened is the worst of us, the evil of us, were able to control him. They knew it, and they played that fucker like a villain, like a uh, violin or the villain that he is. So Donald Trump is a bad guy. He needs to go to jail. But the people around him are as bad or worse than Donald Trump ever was because they played Donald Trump every fucking day. Absolutely. I mean, the people that you don't hear about, Peter Thiel. Yeah. For example, uh, the the guy behind J.D. Vance and, and a lot of other people, but and the Federalist Society. I forget the guy. It's one guy, um, some super millionaire guy, billionaire guy is, is really the Federalist Society. And he's been grooming all three of these that boom, boom, boom uh, for a considerable amount of time. They all worked on Bush v. Gore. If uh, right, every one right. of these that, that were uh, appointed. Now the other day we we uh, they are releasing Ted Kennedy's diaries as a uh, as a book. Right. Uh you know they've I'm sure been edited and so forth but in the book in Ted Kennedy's diary he talks about Samuel Alito who wrote the opinion the one that was was leaked and then turned out to be the real opinion they were going with uh to repeal Roe v Wade right? This justice, when he came to see Ted Kennedy to get, you know, when he was uh, being considered for the seat on the Supreme Court, saying that I believe there is a right to privacy. He uh, he cited the 14th Amendment and one other amendment. I forget which right now. It's not in front of me. Uh, there's a right to privacy and Roe v. Wade is settled law. Right. Now, in his, uh, of course, in his decision, he decides that Roe v. Wade is not settled law and there's no right to privacy. So he lied. He flat out lied to Ted Kennedy and anybody else who was uh, who was uh, questioning him uh, as to whether they he, he was going to get their vote or not to be a Supreme Court justice. He flat out lied to me. I mean, of course, this was a long time ago, and that's. The, even though it's in the diary, it's still hearsay, I suppose. But it just goes to show you 
what weasels these people are. They all lied, right. every one of them. They lied about Roe v. Wade straight up. Well, and that's the interesting thing about this. We've got Chief Justice John Robert at one point, and of course Alito recently, all upset about people's perception of the Supreme Court, how it lacks credibility, how it lacks integrity, how it is partisan. And this upsets him. And instead of looking at himself and looking at the court, he's mad at the people. How dare you do that and damage the court? But when you look at all these factors, you talk about the Alito with with uh, Ted Kennedy, uh, you've got Gorsuch, you've got Coney Barrett, and you've got Kavanaugh. All of them sat for confirmation hearings. All of them were asked about Roe v. Wade. All of them said it was settled law. We won't touch that. Then you throw in the factor that you have a Supreme Court justice who was married to a an insurrectionist, a treasonist, and he refuses to recuse himself from anything tied to the January 6th thing. We've got five justices in the Supreme Court. Now, the fact that we think they lack credibility or integrity, what are we to fucking think? We think that because it is true. And that's something that has to be addressed. I think if if the Democrats win the midterms, two things, first two things that have to be addressed, codifying Roe v. Wade once and for all and addressing the problem with the Supreme Court, because we got to get that fixed before we can get anything fucking done. And the only real option, you can talk about impeachment and all that stuff, and that may work. But the real thing they got to do is they got to expand the court to 13 justices and balance shit out. Uh, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, don't don't. Uh... Don't exempt Roberts either. This guy, no. he, he's smoother than the others, right? But he, he gave us, he, he's the guy behind Citizens United, the dark money king, the thing that, the only thing that allows the Republican Party to function as a major party is dark money that comes in from who knows where as much as they want because they decided, A, a corporation is a person which is not, it is insane that they came up with that. There is no basis for it in the law at all. Uh, any, you, you know, you, I don't know if you've been incorporated or not, but it's a fiction. A yeah. corporation is just a fiction that allows a group of people to function as one to a degree right. uh, for liability and also to be able to sign contracts and that sort of thing. You know, it's right. a fiction and everybody knows it. To define it as a person is a stretch so beyond anything that anybody has ever seen. And they go back to like an 1890 note, a footnote in a railroad case where a court reporter who happened, uh, the, the court reporter at the time, which is a, is a fairly high office, um, had actually run a railroad before. And in this railroad case, uh, he said, in a footnote, we decided... Uh, that if uh, if we polled the judges, that they would agree that a corporation is a person, but they didn't. Right. This was just his thought on it, and right. they go back and find that has some significance. It doesn't. But yet here we have this: uh, corporations are people, and money is speech. Both are insane, and you can uh, there is no rational argument for either one. All it does is empower really rich people and give them far more power than the average person. So a corporation is a super person, right. uh, in according to the uh, Supreme Court, and that's just insane. 
We should we should start the rational boomer LLC or corporation and start yeah. fucking throwing it back in their face. You know, the, what people don't understand about the Supreme Court, I, I think the whole aspect of having conservative and liberal judges on the Supreme Court is kind of contrary to what the court's supposed to be. Uh, you know, once you get a chance to put a justice on board, whether you be Republican or Democrat, you won the lottery and get yourself power until they fucking die. What, what people have to understand is these people on the Supreme Court, while they're supposed to be above reproach, they are simply tainted, fallible humans. And you would think that when things come to the Supreme Court, it would all be black and white. Here's the law. This is wrong. This is right. It's black and white. But it's not. What happens is when you have this this leaning to the left or leaning to the right, you find laws that you want to count. And now you do what prosecutors do. You're not about convicting the right person. It's about finding little bits and pieces and and manipulating it to support your agenda. It's not about law. It's not about truth. It's about you being smart enough to come up with little angles to give the perception that this is the law. And then you have some kind of explanation for it when people question you. It's all bullshit. Well, right. And, and, and really, when it comes down to it, it's about precedent. Right. I mean, in 1740, 1812, 1936, these courts decided this based on this. So they set a precedent, a precedent that we will, will honor and we will continue to do so. But that doesn't mean that reasoning was right. Right. Exactly. I mean, they said slavery was legal. At one point, we all know that was bogus. Uh, there have been many, many decisions that the Supreme Court made that we, over time, go, what were we thinking? Right. You know, but they were just as legal at the time until they were changed. So it's a very fallible system. Why not just get all of the, the best jurists you can find? You get Democrats, Republicans, everybody. They put people in and you have commissions and so forth. You come up with 10 names, you throw them in a hat and right. you pull one out. You right. know, I mean, uh, and you, you don't know anything else about them. That, that would work just as well. Just by virtue of the name Supreme Court, it suggests that we would have the best judges on the Supreme Court. I mean, it's 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 like taking a shitty player and put them on a team called the world beaters. That makes yeah. no fucking sense. But right. but that you know, that's what we do. It, it, it's it's nothing but a chess game for the parties. Who's got the right. most guys? Well, then we get to push through what we want to do. That's not how it should be. The fucking law. You break the law. You pay the price. It should be that black and white. But. They do. Politicians do what they always do. They make it confusing. They may make it opaque so they can slip something they want into something that's totally wrong. Oh, absolutely. And not one of the last three. Well, I won't say the last three because one of the last one was the most qualified we've seen in a while. Right. True. Uh, Jackson. But uh, but the three previous to her, none of these people are Supreme Court quality, if we would think along those lines. I, you know, a, a Thurgood Marshall, uh, someone like that, or a, a, um, a Warren. Uh, I mean, here's a guy who was a governor, and he was so many different things before he was a, a, a Supreme Court justice. I mean, um, these people were basically just 
ideologues. That's all they were. They they fit the mold that these guys wanted in there. They were not distinguished in any way, certainly not Kavanaugh, for God's sake, certainly not Comic Barrett. No, uh-uh. no. Well, it goes back to what I said about Donald Trump and some of these trump They are willing, willful idiots for people, the evil people, that want them to do what they want them to do. Now, these people that were put in the Supreme Court, the three pri- previous to uh, to uh, um, Katanji, they weren't necessarily of any quality. They weren't no. highly educated. They weren't they weren't uh, established as great judges. They were simply put in place because they would be willing to vote. And, and do the bidding of the people that had the money to put them in that place. And that is the absolute wrong reason to put somebody on the fucking Supreme Court. But everybody wants to fucking game the situation. Yes, and, and really when you get right down to it, what's been happening since Reagan, and actually before that, it, it goes back even in the modern era, we'll say since Reagan, right? The idea that money talks, money screams, money shouts now. Everything that's happened in this country since Reagan has been dependent on who has the money right. uh, behind it. And and unless we can figure out a way to do that, to get money out of politics, um, it will continue in that vein. And what happens is everybody loses except the people with money. Right. Uh, we, we see it with corporations paying no taxes, with uh, Warren Buffett paying less taxes than his secretary, that sort of thing. If you have the money to pay the right people to game the game, then uh, there's no hope for the average citizen. Because, I mean, it's like uh, they're all upset about giving away st- or, uh, you know, giving some student loan relief, right? The whole coastal elites and... You know, taking money from coal miners for coastal elites and women's studies majors and all this bullshit, right? But we bail out banks. We bail out insurance companies. We bail out everybody who's ever lost a dime in the stock market. But where it can actually do some good, oh, no, 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 socialism. But yeah, but, but we can't we can't get any money to Puerto Rico for the hurricane or anything like no. that. You know, there, there's a motto that says for the people, by the people. I think we should change that for the wealthy by the middle class because the yeah. middle class are the ones that are propping up the wealthy people with tax cuts. The money's coming from us, going to them. They talk about transferring money to the rich, uh, to the poor and the middle class. Why not? We've been transferring money from the middle class and the poor to the fucking rich for 50 years, 60 years. It, exactly. It, it makes and, no fucking and- sense. And that's what that's why they want to get rid of Social Security and Medicare because the Trump Trump and his and McConnell and all of those guys came up with this gigantic tax cut for corporations and wealthy people, right? Right. right. These billions of dollars that essentially they threw away that revenue, right? That would have been coming in. They just said, No, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay. Uh, what we will do, though, is raise taxes on the middle class over the next 10 years to make up for it. Well, it turns out that's not going to work yeah. because of the pandemic downturn, because of the, the other things. They could read the numbers. It's not that hard to figure out. You're not going to make that up. And your deficit is just going to continue to climb until, uh, well, right now, I mean, when, when Trump left office, um, our national debt was... Uh, 
100% of the economy. Right. Uh, you can never catch up. It's like, you you know, you and me, if we owe as much money as we make, we can never catch up, right? Been well, there, done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is the situation the country is in right now. Where do we go for the money? Oh, look, here's a pot of money over here. Well, yeah. it's it's not really there, of course, because it's been spent. What we did was was put it into bonds. We turned it from revenue into debt, and it's a big part of that uh, that national debt is Social Security and Medicare, right? Right, right. So, well, what we'll do is if we can get in power again, if we can just take back, back the House, we'll cause a government default. We'll default on all the bonds so that debt goes away. Yeah, but yeah. so does Social Security and Medicare. Right. And right. what do we care? It's a bunch of old people; they'll be dead soon anyway. True. True. Well, let's let we'll we'll talk more about that. I know you 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 uh, are particularly you got to be in your bonnet over that, and I do too. Uh, I, I let, let let's talk about that after the break. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, we are back, and we're sitting on the precipice of the midterms. The midterms where people say if the Republicans win, our democracy is lost. It's gone. I I don't know that that's exactly true. But one of the big things we talk about is Medicare and Social Security and how the Republicans have come right out and said to our faces that they want to get rid of it. They want to take that away from us. In my mind, that sounds like a lot of rhetoric. I don't think they could get away with it, no matter who's in power. I mean, we saw the backlash with Roe v. Wade. We are going to see the effects in the midterms, and I think that Republicans are going to take a bath over that shit. But if you start taking away people's money, their livelihoods, their ability to buy food and housing and medical care, if you do that, that's not a partisan thing. There are plenty of Republicans that count on those monies and those services, and it's going to cause such an upheaval that we have no clue what kind of damage that's going to do. If if Roe v. Wade doesn't end Republicans, that certainly would. Well, you would think so, but I've got a couple of thoughts on that, all right? Okay, like the scenario I gave you right before the break there, that's what they intend to do. They, they've already said, McCarthy has already said it. They've, they've come close a couple times. The right. cooler heads have prevailed where they, where they want to, uh, we have to reauthorize that, uh, raising the, the federal debt limit every, every so often. I, to me, they should just get rid of it. Absolutely. <laughs> Most know? countries yeah. have. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's meaningless anyway, because you, you have to keep raising it or, you default, right? And they, they've threatened this before. Right. That, and, and they always get really, 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 really fiscally conscious uh, when a Democrat's in the House uh, right. or, or in the White House um, and, and in charge in the Senate and the House because uh, 
they spend like drunken sailors when they're in there, mostly right. by reducing revenue. Right. They don't necessarily spend more. They do on defense because rich people uh, are invested heavily in, in, the, in the defense companies, right? So they're just basically giving it to rich people. So let's take this money, this tax money, and we'll put it in this uh, this defense budget, which we will spend, and it, it will, of course, enrich uh, corporations and rich people, right? So, right? so they do it that way, right? But then they give tax cuts to billionaires, tax cuts to corporations, which reduce the revenue, and uh, to to keep these the social safety net programs going, sometimes we have to raise taxes and so forth. And that's what they want to do. They want to make it an either or, right? But if you default, if you default, that money just goes away. Right. Uh, Those bonds no longer exist. That money no longer exists. So you cannot pay the benefits. And of course, if the benefits are what pay also for Medicare, for the most part, I pay for Medicare out of my Social Security. Right. 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 So you you kill both at the same time. And it, it if you go back to uh Clinton, okay, uh Reagan's miracle turned into Bush's nightmare. And you've got a recession and he's defeated and Bill Clinton comes in. What does Bill Finn, Bill Clinton do? Well, he raises taxes on rich people, right? right? And, and that allows us to eliminate the deficit. He also did a couple of other things. He did raise taxes somewhat on business, small business. And he also put in welfare reform, which instead of spend, sending a lot of money to individual people, it sent block grants, much smaller block grants to the states, which they then essentially stole. They put in all of these requirements that knocked huge amounts of people off welfare and and you know they uh, that was a the same kind of thing it's just that these were people with no political power and no voice um they probably considered uh, social security at that time too reducing benefits or something but they probably figured that wouldn't fly right. but with the really poor people who run welfare and so forth like i say they had no voice and and everybody looked down on them you know right. as all oh, those lazy welfare people you know right. the fact that it was mothers and children of course uh, never gets really mentioned they always want to make it about some lazy guy right uh, driving a cadillac on welfare stuff but but anyway Essentially, what happened was uh, uh, Bill Clinton did some stuff that I didn't necessarily agree with, but he did get the deficit reduced, and we were cooking again till Bush destroyed the economy once again, and Obama had to bring it back. But so far, we've been able to dodge that bullet. But I, I still think that they really want to do that. And then once that happens, they'll somehow or other, their rhetoric will be blaming the default on the uh, – uh, the the big spending Democrats, which right. the media uh, already, uh, you always hear it. Well, people think Republicans are better for the economy. And why do they think that? Because you keep telling them that, you fucking idiots. Yeah. You know, well, they're, they're not. They well, trash the economy every time they're in. We'll talk about the media in a second. But I want to give you another theory about the Social Security Medicare thing. Some people yeah. think, you know, I think I think people were have been been uh, conditioned 
wrongly to think the Republicans win the House, our democracy is over, they're immediately going to take away Medicare and Social Security. And I don't no. think that I don't think that's how it plays out. I don't even think the Republicans necessary necessarily want to shut down Social Security and Medicare because that would be a fucking disaster, both both for their futures and getting votes and the economy. All of a sudden, you're taking a shitload of money out of the economy and the economy is going to crash because of that. What I think, based on what I know about Republicans, they don't want to shut it down. They just want to control it like every five years so they can hold it over the head of the Democrats to force them, to coerce them, to blackmail them into doing what they want to do. They're trying to get the power to get anybody that goes against them to bend to their will. That's what I think it is more than more than just taking it away. It's like they've done before. Well, if you don't do this, we're going to do this. And then at the last minute, they cave in and they fix it. They don't have the courage to take it all the way, but they do use it as a threat. Well, and and you may very well be right. Maybe they're not that. Maybe they're not as ruthless as I give them credit for being. But I I still think it will depend. Far more, I think uh, they they have all of these think tanks around that do nothing except sit around all way and all day and try to find ways to do whatever the Republicans want done, and and right. they can be pretty successful about it. And right. uh, they put a lot of money into it and so forth. I I still personally think they would like to do that for two reasons. Number one, if you don't have Social Security, then you don't have the the employers do not have to contribute. Uh, to Social Security. And that that's, uh, I mean, you and I have been doing it our whole lives, but so have whoever, who is, whoever we've worked for has been putting in a contribution too. So that's attractive to business, not to have to do that. That's millions and millions of dollars. That's billions of dollars overall, right? right. That's a savings that they don't have to invest anymore. Now, um, you may be right, though, because I've also heard that what they want to do is move the this is in their commitment to, uh, to America, as they call it, raise the, the age for benefits to 75. Well, I'm close enough. It's not going to kill me. Right. Well, they're not going to take it away from you now that you already have it. It would well, be the future. Reducers, but yeah. But anyway, that yeah, that that would be the future recipients would have to wait till age 75 but then they're talking about cutting off medicare at the age of 90 and i don't understand that one at all as they just don't think many people live past 90 what you know well, that makes and if they don't live past 90, what's the point? <laughs> You're not exactly. paying for it anyway. The, you know, these are the same people that will say, well, with COVID relief, they have these death lists that the Democrats are putting out, and we're just going to let these people die. When exactly what they're talking about with Medicare is that once you get past 90, you're on your own, motherfucker. You're just going to die anyway, so we're just going to let you die. And don't get me wrong. I don't think they're any less ruthless by using his leverage. I think they're just as ruthless. Uh, but, but they're, they're more insidious than that. You know, it seems like every time, you know, they were going to shut down the country and we're going to stand strong and we're not going to vote for, they always fucking cave because the problem is if they shut down the country like that, it affects you and me. It hurts you and me. It hurts Medicare and hurts social security, but those fucking rich buddies are going to take a fucking bath too. And they don't want to do that.
Well, I'm hoping you're right. And, and, you know, I'm, I, I, I have, I'm certainly not in the camp that says that, you know, the day after the Republicans take the House back, Social Security and Medicare are gone. No, of course not, because right. they won't have the numbers to do that. They will have the numbers to fuck up some of Biden's initiatives, probably. He won't be able to get things through the House that he might have gotten through the House before because he's right. he's pretty much been able to get anything through the House he wanted to. The sticking right. place was in the Senate. Now, there's a good chance that we will still have the Senate or we would have at least a 50-50 split with Kamala Harris being able to be the, the spoiler if they can keep... Uh, cinema and dimension in line but uh yeah and and of course joe biden has a veto so nothing's going to happen right away but it, it gives them the opportunity then to work on that you know i mean to i can't believe really it, it boggles my mind that they put this out there i don't understand how they think i i have to believe they're counting on young people who don't believe social security will be there for them anyway or for people who go, I have to give them all of this money every month, uh, every payday. I give them this uh, Social Security, this payroll deduction, and and I could do better putting it in the stock market myself or just sticking it in a 401k or whatever. Right. And, of course, that's not true. They no, love true. that. They, they want to privatize it for sure because that gives them a lot of money to play with. But But let's face it. I mean – I had a 401k and I had social security and I went through the Bush recession and I lost 40% of my 401k, right. but I didn't lose a penny of social security. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Now, you know, it's funny you brought this up and I've asked the same question. Why, if you're going into a midterms, do you overturn Roe v. Wade before the midterms? Why do you say you're going to take away people's social security and Medicare? Why do you do all these things? On the surface, so everybody can see it. It seems like you're just trying to give away the elections in normal situations. Then you've got Mitch McConnell almost conceding the Senate. Why would they do that? Now, somebody suggested something. Maybe it was you. I'm not sure. But somebody suggested something that that uh, the last – no, I was talking to Tony Michaels. He said this, and it kind of makes sense, that Mitch McConnell – is is basically looking to burn the forest down because so it can grow back better. That's my words, not Tony's words. But he doesn't want the Republicans to win the House or the Senate. Granted, it takes power away from him now, but it will cleanse them of all this Donald Trump, trump fuck crap so they can try to get back to normal in terms of the Republican Party. Now, I don't know if that's true. You could see it happening. I don't know if Mitch McConnell is that much foresight, but it does seem like they're trying to give it away, doesn't it? Well, you may be right. Think about it. Uh, look at Mitch's uh, uh, look at the House. OK, what happened with the House? The Senate has been a different animal all along compared to the House. Right. Uh, what's his face? The the guy from from Georgia. uh Cheated on his wife when she had cancer. Uh, New Gingrich? Newt. New Gingrich, yeah. New Gingrich with his contract for America. He came in and he became the nemesis of the speaker. I think it was John Boehner, right? Yeah. Where you had the, had these 
these nutcases that are still around, you know, I mean, the, the, John Boehner wanted to do business as usual, and uh, so did uh, uh, Tim Ryan later on, or not Tim Ryan, uh, Paul Ryan. Right. Um, these were reasonable people, more in the mold of the Senate. And then you, the trouble with the House is you get all of these yahoos in there. You know, they come from these tiny towns where they own the local bar or something like that. They've got the intellectual development of a weasel and all they are there is to get a book, right? That's That describes about 90% of the House and 100% of Republicans in the House, right? right. Absolutely. And, you know, so uh, they're, a, they're a rangy, mangy bunch anyway, right? So uh, maybe, and, and we're starting to see that in the Senate now. So you may be right. Maybe Mitch looked around and said, you know, it could reach the point where I won't even be reelected to, even if we get uh, a majority, that I might not be reelected because Trump doesn't like me. And we, right. he's getting all of these senators in here. If he gets them in here, they may go with somebody else, some crazy. So if, in his self-interest, maybe he is deciding that uh, we'll let Trump implode and, and these guys and just, you know, then we'll build back better, so to speak. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that, that, that doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility because when you look at Mitch McConnell, the, the likes of the more normal-minded thinking Republicans, they are now part of the lowest of the low, the bottom of the barrel. And it's not a good look for the Republican Party and people who have still have some normal minds, reasonable minds. This has got to be annoying for them because not only not only is it a bad look for them, they're dividing the party. And as this party continues to divide the normal people and the fucking crazies, that just weakens the Republican Party. At some point, it's like having a having a house you want to sell and the hoarder filled it up to the brim. You can't sell that fucker until you get rid of all the shit in the house. Clean it up, and then it's worth something again. And I'm I, that sounds crazy, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. No, it's not. And then, then I got to throw this in here real quick because it just happened that it pissed me off so much I could have screamed and I actually did a little bit. And that was th this letter that the progressive Democrats sent, oh, to, uh, Jesus Christ, sent, yeah. sent to Biden wanting him to negotiate with Putin. Number one, I would love to bitch slap every one of you. I'm sorry, I won't use that term. I would no, love to. I'd to say bitch slap. Shake these people and say, what is the matter with you? It's two weeks to the election. And, and number one, you're trying to cozy to Putin. You can't negotiate with Putin. That's just like in World War II when Chamberlain goes to talk to Hitler and comes back, says, I've achieved peace in our time. And then they invade Poland. Right. You know, you can't you can't negotiate with these people. You've got to slap them down. And that's all you can do. And Biden's doing exactly the right thing by supporting Ukraine. And anybody who says different, uh, you're stupid. Okay? Well, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely stupid. And, and let's be honest, aren't we known as a country to not negotiate with terrorists? Who's a greater terrorist than Vladimir Putin? He invaded a country for no fucking reason at all. He's killing people for no reason at all. If that's not a terrorist, I don't know what the fuck is. Yeah. And full disclosure, I usually call myself a progressive. I mean, I usually agree with Bernie on about everything. 
you know, and some of the others, you know, hell, I voted for Ilhan Omar. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, she was from my district and so forth. And I was glad to. And, and I still support progressive policies because I think they'll work if they're allowed to be put in place. But I mean, now we're, I mean, this is like shoot yourself at both feet. Right. You know, why would you do that? I, I, there's some there's some speculation it was leaked. Um, well, why would you even have that on paper in the first place? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's it's so frigging insane. Now I realize that there is a group, and that in the progressive uh, group of people that are. I don't know. I call them old hippies, you know, yeah. that they smoke so dumb much dope back in the 60s that they're all love and peace and all of that. And that's great. But it's got no place in politics because they will fucking eat you alive. Absolutely. You know, uh, but yet they still manage to have some influence. And I'm afraid that's what's going on there. But, uh, uh, you know, as far as progressive economic policies go, I'm all for it. But you got to live in the real world, people. And uh, come on, you know, do not. I realize that Joe Biden is is a centrist, maybe even a conservative Democrat in some ways. But look at how far the guy has come, for God's sake. He's been over backwards. I would never I would never have picked Joe Biden. Okay, right. Uh, Of all everybody who was running, he was not on my radar at all. But I've been happy with what he's been able to do. I mean, he's gotten more done than any any Democrat ever since maybe Johnson right. and maybe even more than Johnson. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is I've made this comparison in, in a previous podcast or on TikTok or something like that. What the progressives did here by leaking this information was akin, not not nearly this big a deal, not nearly as big a level, but along the same lines of the Republicans overturning Roe v. Wade prior to the midterms. I right. mean, it's, it's all about fucking timing. I mean, you want to fight? Do you want to do that in fighting? Do it after the midterms. It's two fucking weeks away. Yeah, you, everybody will forget about it before the next election. <laughs> right. And the thing about it is, is this isn't the first time the progressives have done this. No. They've tried They've tried to hold the Democratic Party hostage on a number of ta- situations. Now, there are people in the progressive party uh, and their thoughts in the, the progressive side of the party that I agree with. But get over yourself, motherfucker. Win the first win and then fight another battle. Don't try to pressure the Democrats until you got the Republicans under your thumb. Jesus Christ, that's just common sense. And, you know, at the same time, I understand. It seems like we're always saying to progressives or to to minorities in particular, wait just a little longer and we'll address that. Wait just a little longer. And then we see we see the Voting Rights Act getting eviscerated. And we see all these other, we see uh, uh, black people being uh, murdered left and right by cops. And and yet, yet we can't, uh, you know, as soon as the defund the police thing comes out, you know, it's the worst thing ever. Uh, it was a very bad way to say it. It absolutely yes. was stupid. But, but at the same time, I understand that if, if I send my son out, if you send your son out, and there's a good chance that if his if his blinker isn't working, he may wind up dead because some cop shot him. Right. Then yeah, that it's it's hard to say. Well, just wait till after the midterms to address that. 
You know, I but, understand that. Okay. I understand that, but you have to have some logic with it. That has happened to them before. Wait till the midterms and then we'll deal with it. Okay. Why hasn't it been dealt with typically when they've been told to wait? Because they don't have enough votes in the Democratic Party. The Republicans hold enough sway where they can obstruct it or beat it. So if you're using your logic, you think, well, what I really need to do, if I think a little further ahead, I need to get as many Democrats in office as I can. Then I can get what I want. Instead of trying to pressure people to do what you want too early. You can pressure the Democrats all you want, but if they don't have enough fucking votes, it's no good. You're not going to pressure the Republicans. That's the thing. It seems like they can't help but step on their own dick. I mean, Jesus Christ, wait till you get the votes. Get the votes. Let's let's have two two goals. Get a shitload of Democrats in. And then kick the Democrats' ass, the more mainstream Democrats' ass. Then kick their ass when they have the power to do something. But what they did was 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 trying to pressure people that can't fucking do anything anyway. Right, and uh, you know, but uh, uh, playing the devil's advocate again, we have uh, Barack Obama, who uh, when he's campaigning uh, to be president, he says we've got to codify Roe v. Wade, make it safe. Because they're they're going to try to keep putting these uh, conservative justices on. At some point or other, they'll try to overturn it. Well, he gets elected, and then somebody says, "Well, what about Roe v. Wade?" And he says, "Well, that's not a priority right now because we got to get this health care thing done." Right. So they work on the health care thing, and then he loses his uh, majority in the House and Senate, and he's done. In his uh, his next four years, he gets to be president, but he can't get shit done because he's got uh, both the House and the Senate blocking everything he tries to do, and they can't do Roe v. Wade. So women have every reason to be pissed off at that. Uh, you know, do more than one thing at once. Just because you're trying to get health care through doesn't mean you can't codify Wade. you got to take your victories when you can, and when you've got the numbers, you got to use them. Let, let, let's be honest, too, that... Uh... Not codifying Roe v. Wade is not all on Obama. Any more than trying to stick getting out of Afghanistan is on uh, Joe, Joe Biden. Right. Roe v. Wade has been in, what, 50, 60 years, right? 50 years? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of opportunities in those 50 years to codify Roe v. Wade, to have a little foresight and to fucking take care of it, knowing that you're not always going to be in power. Take advantage of that situation. Same thing with Afghanistan. Bush could have pulled them out. Obama could have pulled them out. Trump could have pulled them out. Joe Biden did pull them out. So now he gets the heat. What about all the guys that didn't do fucking anything? I mean, yeah, to be to be to be honest, it was Trump who pulled him out. It was just they came out on Obama's time. I mean, that, came out during during true, Joe's true. Uh, beginning of Joe's term. But, but Bob, Trump brought the Taliban to town. He negotiated the timeline. He led all of the Taliban out of jail that went and took over and then uh, then fucked up the whole transition. That's all on Trump. It is. But Biden gets the heat. Right. Let me ask let me ask you this. Now that they've gone through what they've gone through, I'm not worried about Roe v. Wade. I'm worried about the people that are struggling with it now. But I think yeah. as once the midterms are over, that's going to be the first thing. It's going to be codified and everybody's going to be fucking shut up at that point. Um if if we have the numbers 
it will happen. It will happen. We've got we to gotta have the numbers. Well, let me ask you this. Is is, is this like uh, touching the, the stove when it's hot? Has, has, has Congress and the Democrats learned a fucking lesson? Get it when you can get it and don't be lazy and say, I got something else to do. I, I hope that's the case because I really do think that we could bring a couple of uh, a couple of Republican senators along. Lisa Murkowski and uh, who's the other one up in New England um, or uh, the one in Alaska? Um, the two Republican female Republican senators, uh, one's in Alaska, one's in Maine. Um, I think we can bring them along on this. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully some yeah. people will be of have some common sense and, and understand what, you know, Susan Collins. Public, well, when you've got 70 percent of the country that supports Roe v. Wade, it isn't hard to decide what's the best choice to make. I mean, majority rules, even if they are Republicans, they support Roe v. Wade and they support Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, and I, I think both I think both Collins and Murkowski have, have supported Roe v. Wade on occasion. I could be wrong on that, but I, I do think. They no, I would. think you're right. So, I think you're right. I think they have. So I think. I think we might be able to bring them along and who knows, maybe even someone else. But uh, uh, if we can get all of the Democrats lined up um, and hold the House, we can do it. We can do it the first week, which is what they should do. Well, you said you wanted to talk about the media. And I think this is I've talked about this on TikTok and previous podcasts. I'm getting very tired of watching the media. Uh playing us off each other. Oh, you better watch out. The Republicans are coming back or the Democrats have it. It's just a, it's just a big ploy to create concern and, and, and chaos and such so they can get more viewers. This is what's frustrating me is coming up to this midterms. I honestly believe, and actually when I talked to Tony Michaels on the show previously, he said the same thing. He said, I just have this feeling we're going to wake up in the morning on November 9th, and see shit we never expected. Democrats winning in different different uh, uh, elections that we didn't expect. Because what the, what the media is telling us, oh, it's so close, it's so close. But with all that the Republicans have done, Roe v. Wade and all this stuff, I think we're in for seeing a big surprise, much different than the media is telling us. With the amounts of people that are voting in Georgia and other parts of the country, there is a big turnout. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I mean, when you get right down to it, my, my criticism of the media is this. Number one, it's corporate media. It's all owned by corporations or influenced by corporations in one way or another. And they are never going to let the uh, uh, the emphasis of their network be in any way, uh, it do anything that's going to reflect negatively on the corporations. That's right. why you're not seeing Susan Collins with her whiteboard explaining how 58% of the price rise is pure profit. Right. Uh, uh, and that's, that's above and beyond the profit that they already would have made on the investment that they've made, right? That's 58% of, uh, if, if, if your toothpaste went up a dollar, uh, it's 54%. If, if your uh, toothpaste went up a dollar, 54 cents of that is pure profit on top of everything else, right? right. And, and that's across the board. It's gas, it's oil, it's bread, it's whatever, right? You're never going to see that. 
because that that tells everybody that they're the not just the grocery store, but everybody who puts stuff in the grocery store is uh, is fleecing you. Right. And that's what's going on. You're never going to see that because it reflects on the corporation, right, that owns the network. They just ignore it. You know, it's not that they're telling lies about it. They're just ignoring it. And that's my big – if you look at uh, – what's his face? Uh, Steve Bannon or Alex Jones, what do they do? They sell outrage. Right. They make you angry, and then they cut and sell their supplements. Right. You know, they that's sell you all the shit. media – that's all the media is. Fuel your outrage, titillate you with sexy stories and bloody stories and all of that stuff. It's just more entertainment, and it sets you up to buy whatever crap they're selling you on the break. And, 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 and what I said before, it reduces everything down to something similar or akin to professional wrestling. Hype you yeah, up, get you excited, get you mad, and sell you some fucking Geritol. Right, and it's all breaking news. It's all breaking news. <laughs> Even though you heard it last week, it's still breaking news. Yeah, every, everything is breaking news. Remember back in the old days in the 60s, you'd be sitting there watching, oh, I don't know, I Dream a Genie or something, and then all yeah. of a sudden there would be this sounder and a special... <laughs> And a special report came in. When that happened, you know there was some shit going down. Now every time you turn on the TV, in fact, they've got on CNN, they've got segments named breaking news. So yes. the whole thing has just been overused. I mean, I go on TikTok and people who do the things that I do will say, oh, breaking news. Shut the fuck up. There is no breaking news. Everything is breaking news because we find out about it two seconds before it, after it happens. Yeah, and, and that's the difference with the 24-hour news cycle now. I mean, we used to get our news. We might watch the Today Show in the morning before school. And then maybe mom, if she was at home or if I was homesick, there'd be a little bit of news midday. But the 6 o'clock news or the 7 o'clock news, I guess, in Minnesota, uh, that's when you sat down and watched the news. Right. You got 30 minutes of national, 30 minutes of local, some sports and whether you were done, bring on Ed Sullivan, right? Right. But, but, uh, and you got facts. Yeah. Okay. There was a train wreck in Texas today. Now it's a train wreck in Texas, but for the next four days, you're examining what caused, what are the political implications of the train wreck in Texas? How does this affect women? We're migrants involved. And, and then you have four talking, talking heads discussing the train wreck in Texas from 90 different angles and offering all of this bullshit pontification that means nothing. It doesn't add anything, and it has nothing to do with the facts. Well, and, and every time some tragedy happens, it co-ops, anything strange co-ops the media, like the hurricane, for example. Granted, that was right. a horrible thing. That was a tragic thing. But for three or four days, 24 hours a day, it's nothing but hurricanes. Yeah. Or this guy, this Daryl Brooks in Wisconsin, you go on TikTok, you go on uh, Instagram, it's Every fucking where they just shove it down your throat and partially because of individuals now can disseminate the news as well. Uh, but it gives us it gives us a kind of a fractured look at what's truly going on in the country. And then you then you get everybody who's analyzing each and everything. Did the train wreck in it in, in Texas? Was that caused by some Democratic cabal <laughs> who loaded the pot on the wrong side of the fucking car? Who knows? Right. 
exactly. They ask the questions that there are no answers to, or they ask questions we know the answers to, but in, they make they pretend that we don't. You know, that's the, that's the Tucker Carlson model. Ask the question, well, does, does the vaccine work? Will the vaccine kill you? We know the answer to both of those. Yeah, but absolutely. It, he just throws it out there, and people immediately think, oh, my God, the vaccine, the vaccine will kill me. Right. He, said, he asked the question, so it's going to kill me. You know, I, I mean, I, that's I, what happens. I, I've, always, uh, I've always found it funny with television especially. I remember one particular story. There was some big building that burned down like four hours north of where I live here in Minnesota, okay? Yeah. And it burned down. It was a big story. Everybody's talking about it. It happened in the morning. So, so the next morning, they have a reporter reporting about the fire. Now, they send this reporter to the site. The place is burned to the ground. It's burnt to the crisp. There's nothing there anymore. Why did they need to send that person, after they reported the whole day about it, why did they set, need to send her the next day just to stand in front of the wreckage to do this report? It really wasn't necessary, and it was all about getting people sucked in and getting them upset. Right. It's, it's funny you should mention that. I, um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was finished. I was just, I was watching, um, I guess it was in MSNBC or, or one of the ones, uh, um, I forget the reporter, which it doesn't matter. It was a reporter and they were uh, standing on the, the beach and they were do, giving a report. And I, I assume it had something to do with the, the hurricane. It had something, the hurricane or something. But uh, this was just yesterday, so it must have been after the hurricane. But anyway, they, they pull back as they're going to break. And what we see is this reporter standing there and they've got, uh, they've got a tent up. One of those, you know, tents we're all familiar with the white plastic, uh, right. Uh, deal like that, you know, they use at craft fairs and stuff. And they've got some uh, equipment on there, uh, there. And this reporter is standing on this beach and there's no one else inside anywhere. Right. Uh, so the, it's the cameraman, the reporter, and, and some kind of producer or something in this tent. And there's nobody else anywhere around. Now, they could have done this in an office, at a desk. They yeah. could have done it in a studio. Just fine. But no, they had to send this reporter out, stand there with the ocean in the background and this, this tent and these three people there uh, uh, to get something that he could just as easily have read, which is what he was doing off of a teleprompter sitting there right in front of him. And I'm going, what a waste. And yet it's all, that's what, that's what we're doing now. It's all image. It's all image. I mean, whenever you watch somebody on, on the cable news, they have their regular guests in, you know, that they come by Zoom or whatever they come by. And each yeah. one of them has a very, very particular background, you know, <laughs> yes. like their book pointed yeah. toward the camera so you can see the book and it's so it's so contrived it's fucking annoying how can you take what they're saying seriously if they've spent all these hours making sure that everything behind them looks just so it takes away from their whole point their whole message yeah and they all have these books what they've supposedly read i guess yeah. and maybe they have 
Maybe they have. I don't know. But if you looked at my bookshelf, <laughs> you would find a much greater array of books than what they have, I guarantee you. Because well, theirs are all, some of mine are just for amusement, and others are, you know, stuff that I, I don't know why I'm still holding on to them, but they're well, there. Well, as I, just so the people who are listening know what I'm looking at, I'm seeing Ed on Zoom. Now, the camera shows me from about the middle of his glasses on down to below his chest. So I, I don't get to really see his face, and that's fine. That works out well. The bookshelves in the background, the whole wall is bookshelves, and you've got a lot yeah. of things, whether books, pictures, a camera, or something like that. And it, it's perfectly nice. It's just not as contrived. It looks like somebody's real book place. I'm waiting for some rogue Democrat to come in here and do one of these things and have nothing but mad magazines and porn behind them, you know? Oh, it's back there. Yeah, is it back there? Okay. Okay, you just can't see it. I'll give you a better look. Well, I will just say... That's actually a bed. Well, what what, one... One the bookcase is slide apart and the bed folds down. This is the guest room as well as my office. Oh, it's a Murphy bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Well, by looking at it, I, I can see you're well-read and educated. Uh, I will tell you, you probably could dust. You might yeah. want to dust a little bit. <laughs> like I know when to dust. I don't. I don't. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I appreciate you coming down and spending some time with us, Ed. We'll probably get together again on Friday or so and uh, yeah. talk some more about some more shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a good time today. Got some shit off my chest. Come on, progressives. Don't be stupid. Don't be idiots. All right, Ed. Well, I appreciate it. I hope the folks listening, I appreciate the time you take to listen to the show. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.